Hey guys, we're in a brand new series entitled Super Teams. And uh, is anyone ready for a new series? Good, 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 good. Well, good morning to you all. And uh, let's show some love and honor for our first time guests. Thank you guys for being here. Um, thank you for coming to church on such a, an eventful Sunday. And, um, and uh, we're, we're just glad you here, you're here. Um, my prayer is that over the next four or five minutes, I, I don't lose you, uh, especially for those of you who uh, really don't have any interest in sports, uh, more specifically basketball. But if you would uh, oblige um, and, and just allow me to, to share this, and because it's going to add some value as we proceed with this introduction to this brand new series. Uh, it's uh, the year of 2016. It's the NBA Western Conference Finals. And uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder, led by Kevin Durant, are one win away from the NBA championship from the finals. And uh, they're up three to one out of a series, the best of seven. See, I'm, I'm connecting with a few of you now. Good. So I'm going to zone in on you and just push through this thing. And so they're up 3-1. They need one more win to go to the NBA championship. The only problem is, is that they're playing the Golden State Warriors. And um, unfortunately, uh, Golden State, um, with their backs against the wall and uh, one loss away from the championship, they somehow pull off three wins in a row, and they end up in the championship against the Cleveland Cavaliers and LeBron James. Um, and so they end up losing that championship, uh, the Warriors, but they were the champions the previous year. Kevin Durant, the losers of the Western Conference Finals, he was the reigning NBA MVP, the most valuable player, the best player the best scorer in the league, though they lost three in a row. Um, during the summer of 2016, he joins his arch nemesis, uh, an NBA defending, one of the defending NBA champions, the Golden State Warriors. And the sports world goes up in a frenzy. Um, and it's essentially because when you join Golden State, you're joining the likes of Stephen Curry, who has been deemed as the greatest shooter of all time the greatest shooter of all, all time. You are currently the best player in the world, and you join, uh, you join a team with the greatest shooter of all time. Clay Thompson, one of the greatest shooters of all time. He will light you up in a heartbeat. He'll give you 50 or 60 any given night. Um, him and Steph Curry have been deemed as the greatest backcourt in NBA history. <laughs> uh, he joins Draymond Green, who is also on that team. Draymond is the best defensive player in the league, back-to-back -back years. And Durant becomes a two-time NBA champion and a two-times final MVP in 2017 and in 2018. As a basketball fan, I hate it. <laughs> I hated it. I, I loved the Warriors uh, before Durant came over, but I thought it was a punk move. I thought it was weak. How are you going to join the team that beat you? Like. Are we serious? Like, let's, let's see some competition here. But must I admit, or must I say it was a genius move? 
It's a genius move because though he surrounds himself with future Hall of Famers, he himself understands that he's the best player in that team. And when you add him into the equation, they become unstoppable. And for two years in a row, they've won the championship and they are the favorites this year. And so the sports world was saying that this is definitely the, the formation of a super team. And if you're taking notes, the definition of a super team is any, any well-respected or highly successful team. Any well-respected or highly successful team made up of the highest caliber or best players in the world. I mean, you, you saw the video in the middle of the worship experience. We had the New York Yankees. Uh, you saw Kevin Durant. You saw uh, the New England Patriots at the end there. And don't you just love that, uh, that build up? And they win the Like, I'm like, I'm ready to preach this thing, man. I'm ready to build some relationships. So, so because you didn't catch it this Sunday, you're going to be like, yeah. What in the world is going on back there? The devil must be mad that you're about to connect with people who God is. Ooh, yeah, we can get excited about that. Your relationships are about to be transformed. I promise you, when we get through with you in these three or four weeks, you're going to be looking like, hey, you, you're not cutting it. I love you, but you're too negative. I'm already getting into my message. You're too doubtful. You know, uh, you know and it may be seasons, because, you know, Jesus' Jesus's entire purpose was to go to the cross for our sins. But even Peter slipped and messed up. Lord, you can't go to the cross. And he straight up told Peter, he says, get behind me, Satan. For you're not concerned with the things of God, but of the things of man. And Jesus had a focus on the right relationships. Relationships that build you up, that push you into your purpose. Not relationships that divide people, that tear people down. And so a super team is any well-respected and highly successful team. The Yankees, the San Francisco Giants. We have some Cowboys fans out there. Pittsburgh Steelers, the 90s Chicago Bulls. If you're old enough to, dang, I guess that means I'm getting old. We had a high school student in here, and oblige me once again. Um, who, uh, team night was last night, everyone. How was team night, fellas? Is that okay? Oh, no, man, it's not. You know what I'm saying. Hey, look, don't, don't correct me today. I'm still jet lagged. Where's Matt? Hey, put Sam on my calendar um, this week. All right, thanks, sweetie. And it won't be breakfast, just coffee. <laughs> anyway, the Bible thumpers are like, when are we going to read the scripture? <laughs> Get in the word, pastor. This is, we're not teaching people. And so 
I do want to, there's all kinds of things going on in this service. Phones ringing and dinging, <laughs> pinging. Don't ping your phone in here. If you lost it, you lost it. Wait after service. Um, God has always formed super teams to bring the best out of his people in order for his people to experience their best lives. And I, I can prove it, the likes of Joshua and Caleb, uh, Deborah and Barak. A woman was leading that charge. And Barak, and she asked Barak, she said, you, you sure you want to you wanna be under my leadership, a woman? No, yeah, God chose a woman to lead that charge in the book of Judges. David and Jonathan, Peter, James, and John, the leaders of the church after Jesus went to heaven. Super teams. Uh, names that we still talk about today. Uh, names that have stood the test of time for uh, two, three thousand years, hundreds of years. Names that made huge impacts in their nations and in their cities. Uh, names that flourished. Names that uh, when it was all said and done for them, uh, they left nothing in this earth that God had called them to complete. They left nothing, and, and they went home, and God was able to say, yeah, I put you two together, and you three together, and you 20 together, and you did it. it all it took was a small number to do something effective, to change lives, to, to get people together, to, to come around a common purpose and transform not just a city, but a region and a nation and the world. They left nothing here on this earth, and it, wasn't, it was primarily because they, they connected with the right people. They connected with the right people. Join me in 1 Chronicles 12, and we're going to go ahead and uh, start around verse 6. Uh, no, 1 Chronicles 12, verses 6 through 8, if we can get that up. I'm taking my time today, so... Is everyone okay out there? I promise I'll wake you up in a minute. I don't know if I can top last week. How was little by little? That's good. All right. I don't know about, I don't know if I can top it, but I don't have anything here to build, anything to refer, you know, to. First uh, Chronicles 12, 6 through 8. How was everyone's week? Is it good? It's good. Good week. Any, uh. Any uh, breakthroughs? Breakthroughs? Good. Tough times? Yeah, that's, that's par for the course. Um, who's, uh, show of hands, who's rooting for um, St. Louis Rams today? Show of hands. Noah, who's, who's rooting for the Patriots? Okay. All right. Who doesn't care? So I, I lost 60 of you during the first 15 minutes. Wow, you guys are really uh, gung-ho for things around here when you're not interested. All right, I need First Chronicles 6 through 8, please. Thank you so much, unless I'm giving us the wrong verses. I, I am 16 through 18. That's fine. I t yeah, we, we had a long week in Florida, and uh, we just got back on a plane. 
Thank you guys for helping me out. I'll be on my A game for the 11 a.m. But I promise you can stay. Um, a lot of us do that. Um, my Bible thumpers are like, this is enough. Like, please. Why did I even come here? If you're with me, you're with me. <laughs> All right, so here we go. Y'all ready? You sure? Okay, cool. Others from Benjamin and Judah came to David at the stronghold. Uh, David, this was a cave. Uh, David is just beginning to build his kingdom. He's become the king of Judah and Israel. Um, he's been through a lot of pain, a lot of hurt, uh, from rejection of his father, Jesse, to shepherd boy. He becomes an assistant to King Saul, Israel's first king. King Saul begins to go crazy. And so David, for over 10 years, is just running for his life, honoring a fallen king, a king whom God has removed his spirit from, honoring him. Uh, not responding, but running for his life. So it's been, it's been some tough times for David. And um, now that God has elevated him and raised him up to a place of influence and prominence, David is still tucked away in a cave, but um, God is beginning to send people his way. Because, oh Jesus, God will send the right people your way when he's ready to advance you and prosper you. That, that's, an, that's an equation. When, whenever God is ready to, to, to take you to a new level, he will send certain people into your life. But David is damaged, and because of David's damage, because of David's struggles, he's skeptical. He doesn't, he doesn't trust well. And so we enter into this narrative, and it says this here, verse 17, David went out to meet them. <laughs> He's like, all right, you're like, I'm going to come out to you. Like, I'm not going to let you in quite yet. I'd encourage you to go to uh, one of our series last year. We talked about how to build relationships, connection, um, um, frequency, um, trust, and, and then, like, transparency. Like, there are steps to building certain relationships. And so um, David went out to meet them and said, if you have come in peace to help me, we are friends. Because I, I just don't know anymore. The bigger this thing gets, I don't know. That's what he's saying. The bigger this, this kingdom gets, I don't know who's for me. I don't know who's against me. Uh, the more money I have, I don't know who, who's for me, who just wants something. I just don't know. I'm hurt. And so are you for me or against me? This teaches us something about uh, quality relationships. And one of the, the things that's interwoven into uh, a super team context, David went out to meet him and said, if you've come in peace, we can be friends. But if you have come to betray me to my enemies when I am innocent, I've done nothing. I've done nothing, he says. I've ruffled some feathers, but I, I've done nothing. He says this here. He says, then may God of our ancestors see it and punish you. Straight up Jeep. Then the spirit came upon Amasai, the leader of the 30, and said, we are yours, David. We are yours. I, I, let me stop and not digress, but kind of make, put in an asterisk here. There's no such thing as you and God doing a great thing. 
God has called people to your life. If I can speak from a leadership standpoint, God has put leadership in your life. And, and so biblically, you have to belong to somebody that is leading you and that is for you. You got to belong to somebody. It's never like, I just follow Jesus and I just follow God and I don't follow man. No one's ever become great on their own. No family has ever thrived on their own. No one has ever looked in themselves and said, I have enough wisdom to make this marriage work. I have enough wisdom to get myself out of debt. I have enough wisdom to, to fill, fulfill the potential and the calling that God has on my life. You have to belong to somebody. You have to belong to a group. You have to belong to leadership. You have to belong to a company. Yeah, even if you own the company, you have to belong to the governing board. You have to belong to somebody in order to prosper, in order to advance, in order to experience all that God has for you. So Amasai, the, the spirit of God came on him. He didn't, he didn't make this up. The spirit of God came upon him because God is a God of order. The spirit of God came upon him, and he said, we are yours, David. We're your God. And then when I share these things about who these guys are, look, they don't need David, but they need David. I'll share that later. But he says this here, we are yours, David. We are on your side, son of Jesse. Peace and prosperity be with you and success to all who help you. For your God is the one who helps you. So David let them join him, and he made them officers of his troops. They understood, like, I can only build something so great. Can I help you a little bit today? This isn't in my notes. I just, I really want to help. You, you have capacity. Paul, the Apostle Paul calls it your sphere of influence. But until you actually connect to something and someone who's bigger than you, your capacity will never evolve beyond that point. Amasai is the leader of these guys who don't even really know David. But Amasai sees that unless I get under and with someone who's greater than me, who's bigger than me, who's favored by God, who has the hand of God on his life, I stay small. I only lead 30. This guy is leading thousands. And I have the qualifications to not take his place, but to serve with him and under him. If I come at it with the right heart, and if I serve his vision, and if I serve his anointing, and if I serve his calling, I break from the 30, and now I can lead 300, 3,000 cities. You get what I'm saying? Super. So Kevin Durant understood, like, man, Steph Curry got it going. Clay Thompson got it going. Draymond's the best defender. That means I don't have to play defense. I can just go on the other side of the court and shoot, you know, because that's what I do. So what am I doing over here with OKC struggling with Russell Westbrook? Dropping triple doubles, but we'll never win a championship. 
I need to get around someone who's greater than me, who's bigger than me, who can see further than me. I remember uh, our old church, and it, it was some tough times there. I started a Bible study. It was a Tuesday night Bible study. And that sucker grew to, from, from like, because you saw a calling on my life. I'm like, oh, I'm good. I'm going for medicine. And uh, we started out with like eight people the first visit. And, and it grew from like eight to about 40. One day my mother-in-law came home, who at the time was just my, my girlfriend's mom, who didn't like me at all. <laughs> but now she's in love with me. She, um, she had to park like five houses down to get into her own house because people were in the kitchen, they're in the living room, they're all over the place. And she just came in and stormed in her room. And I'm like, babe, we have to get a, a place. Like, we can't do this at your house anymore. So we got a, a storefront. You know, I was building my own little kingdom because we were going to study the Bible. I'm, I'm the teacher. I'm, that church isn't teaching it. And so for whatever reason, God favored me to the point where um, I humbled myself, right? We talked about this last Sunday, and my wife said, babe, we need to serve at a church. Like, you have a gift, but, and I call it this, if young kids are in the room, I was having gift-gasms. Come hear me teach you and bring your, your friends and all this, bring, bring them and bring but I was missing so much of the equation. I wanted to, to break down scripture, but I didn't know how to counsel people. I didn't know how to set people free from addictions. I, I didn't know how to connect people. I wasn't raising up leaders. Like every Tuesday when you came, I was teaching the study. I was facilitating the study. I never gave the microphone or, or the Bible or the seat up. And so we started serving, and that's when God said, I'm going to humble your behind because you have something too great on the inside of you. And so 630, and you, you know the story, blah, blah, blah. I have to now submit myself under people who are older than me, wiser than me, greater than me. And so it came to the point where my little kingdom was building. We had storefront. People were getting saved. But they were like, you're our church. And I'm like, I'm not a church. I'm just a Bible study. We're not a church. <laughs> like, churches do big other things. Like, there's much more to a church. And so the church I was at, 3,000 people, and I was a pastor, and I was ordained. The, 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 my, my campus pastor, he came to me, and he said, look, we know what's going on. And so he said, you either choose this thing you're doing on a Tuesday, or you choose this thing that's going to teach you and take you where we know that you ultimately want to be. And I had to look at it. I had to look at my little 25, 30 people who was against every church in the city because I had somehow become their church. And before you know it, they were going to turn against me because I, I was going to run out of being enough. And so it was a hard thing, but after prayer, we gave up that Tuesday group, and we served the vision of something bigger and larger. And it opened me up, man, to, like, how you can move into any city. I mean, this church was serving uh, the poor, the, the disabled. They were sending missionaries across the world. 
They're just doing greater things that I had never considered before in my life. And we see this in Emesai, that he's being exposed to something greater than him. And so that, that's the heartbeat of, of this sermon series. It's super teams. It's surrounding yourself with people who are going to stretch you, who are going to challenge you, who are going to encourage you, who won't let you settle on your potential, who won't let you settle in routine. It's getting around people who have been there, done that, but they want to turn around and pour it into you and raise you up and help you get out of where you are and help you become better. That's the heartbeat behind Super Team. So the first point I want to share today is we need to, finding your super team is the name of this uh, message, and the first point is this. Team up with people who pursue peace and prosperity. Team, team up with people who pursue peace and prosperity. There's a point in, in Highlights history where it was just PK, Chris, and I, and uh, we met Chowtran, y'all. He, he's sitting up here up front. Yeah. And so um, Chow, Chow came to hear me preach out near uh, Disney at a church, and he, he came to me after the, the, the message, and, and he said, Pastor, number one, loved it. I feel like God has laid something on my heart. I need to talk to my wife to give something to you. And, and they gave what they gave. But beyond that, we started to pray, Lord, we, we, want, we want Chow Tran to join the moving team. And we pray, and, and Pastor Kyra said, you got you to ask for him. And would you know, like, it's been more than four years of knowing Chow. And I've tried, because leaders will just try things just to see what's in you. I've tried to pull out gossip. I've tried to have him backbite people. I've tried, you, Sam, you're catching it. I've tried to have him tear people down. I, I've, I've tried it all. I've, give, give me a little, come on, child, give me a little something. Like, you're not always happy. And his wife is in right here, so I know she can attest, but that's why she doesn't have the mic. I don't need her to undermine my, my analogy here. So, like, I know you're not always in harmony with everybody. I can't get him to do it. And I recognize that in the first, like, three to six months of our relationship. He's just a man who pursues peace. He stands on morals, he stands on honesty, he stands on decency and vision, but he just pursues peace. You got to team up with, come on, take notes now. You got to team up with people who pursue peace, who pursue unity. We got to get from around people who gossip and who tear other people down and who tear businesses down and who tear ministries down and who divide people and we, we got to get from around people who gossip and, and just talk bad. And we got to get from, from some of these TV shows and all this stuff. The, the, we need to block a lot of these shows and cancel them and cancel our subscription. And we, we need to really turn our backs on gossipers. And we need to tell them, bro, you're out of line. You're out of order. This is not of God. 
It doesn't feed into my potential. It doesn't feed into my destiny. You've been talking about her for five years. You've been talking about her for 10 years. When are we gonna talk about something different? When are we gonna grow past this? MSI said, peace and prosperity be unto you. What was he saying? He was saying, David, we, we are pursuers of peace. And so, so when Chow joined the team, he would, he would leave Winter Park and zoom all the way over 25 minutes to Orlando just on his lunch hour, y'all, an hour. And he has to drive 20 minutes to get to my house just to spend 20 minutes with me to get back to work. And it's like, Pastor, I'm, I'm ready for this vision. I'm ready to change lives. I'm ready to see people saved. We're not down talking the addicts of the city or, or the single moms or the broken people or the people that don't know the scripture. He's just like, Pastor, I'm ready to move forward in peace and harmony and destiny. I want to come together. We don't have time to break down churches and talk down denominations. Like, we're, we're not people that are, are about what we're against. We're more about what we're for. We're for you. We want you to do that. We want you to thrive. We want you to be blessed. But we're going to focus in on what God has called us to do. You got to team up with people of peace. 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 And so the Bible says this here. It says uh, Hebrews 12, 14a says, um, it says, work at living in peace with everyone. As believers, work at living in peace with everyone, wholeness. A another uh, translation or definition of peace in the, in the Greek is prosperity. Come on, what y'all looking at? Okay, cool. The Bible thumper's reading the rest of it. I'm trying to prove a point. And so work at live. I get it. All right, let's read it. Let's have a Bible study. Jesus Christ, y'all are too, people too deep for me. Well, it said living holy. <laughs> living a holy life, that means set apart. For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. So the whole purpose and context of this verse is to live at peace so that those who do not know the Lord would see that your life is different. And that they would come to know Jesus because you are different. Work at living in peace. Then you got to team up with people, if you're taking notes, who pursue prosperity. Ecclesiastes 4.9 says this. We can go back to the original point. Team up with people who pursue peace and prosperity. Ecclesiastes 4.9 says this, though. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. Prosperity, and I know when we hear that term prosperity, we're thinking like money, no. And I tell people all the time, we get emails from time to time, and people ask like, do you guys believe in the prosperity gospel? And we're like, do you know what prosperity gospel means? There's a thing called prosperity theology where it says you give God a dime, he'll give you a million bucks. We've never taught that. You can go through uh, two of our giving sermon series. There's nothing in this church that teaches prosperity theology. We, we teach trust. We teach the tithe. We teach offering. We teach Bible. But we don't teach prosperity theology. Let's break down the word here. In the Greek, prosperity means advancement. It means growth.
team up with people who are advancing. Who are aligned. I got a go-to guy. His name is uh, Pastor Ken Hester. And uh, he'll be here, be here the weekend after Easter. Amazing guy. He'll, he'll be preaching. We'll, we'll be starting a brand new series called Don't Call It a Comeback. Kind of a sequel to Easter. You know, like, he came to die, so it's not a comeback. You get it? Like, that's the whole point was him dying. <laughs> like, don't call it a comeback. And so, um, just, Pastor Ken has me by 10 years. You, you need people in your life who have you by like 10 years. Their fathers, their mothers, their mentors, their business owners. I, I put like this, hundred nairs need thousand nairs in their lives. Can I talk to you today? Thousandaires need millionaires in their lives. And you can't be too young to team up with people who are pursuing prosperity, advancement, and growth in their education, growth in their marriages. You can't be too young nor too old to team up with people, financial consultants. We have one in the room today. She's amazing. Um, you can't be, she'll get your credit right, your finances right, all that. She, she's over here in, in the Burgundy, that's my girl, Luce, you know. You look, everyone looking at her now. There she is. I'll shout you out. Come on, give it up for Luce, everyone. There you, there you go. I'm chilling. I'm tired, so I'll show you some love. We don't, we're not formal. This isn't Christmas or Easter. Um, I'm not wearing a suit. But, yeah, like, Damian Chisholm, he'll be leading FPU this summer, Financial Peace University. How old are you, Damian? 20? Look, look, I'm, I'm 30, 29. Like, but he's 24. The, the kid is a couple months ahead of me in finances. <laughs> I'm, your pastor's going to be on the, in that class. I don't have no shame. If he is somewhere where I am not, I want to be there. Yeah. Team up with people who want to advance. Two people help you succeed. Light groups are full of people who are pursuing peace, peace and prosperity. It's, it's where relationships are formed and life growth happens. How many of you know your Bible more as a result of light groups? How many of you have grown in your faith as a result of light groups? That's the vision and the goal of being in a group. God, God operates and he functions in groups. They came to David. They were amazing people. Let's pursue alignment and advancement. This church was founded upon group advancement. It wasn't, hey, babe, we're going to move and start. No, I, we need to recruit people who are better than me, oh, yeah, thank you, Jesus, who are better than me, who are better than Kyra at certain things so that when you see me or when you see Pastor Kyra, you don't see our weaknesses because our weaknesses are reflected upon their strengths. And so you may say, man, Pastor has a great church and he's a great leader. Can I give you a secret? I'm not a great leader. I'm broken. I make mistakes. 
I eat Doritos at 1 a.m. in the morning and a liter of Coke. I watch YouTube for hours just like you do. I watch sermons so I'm more holier, but I watch YouTube more than you do. All right, I'm on Instagram. Like, I get my 40-minute ding at, like, 9 a.m. in the morning. And I woke up at 820. I'm not great. But, man, the people I'm surrounded by. You can't, you can't touch me. Woo, memo. Because I'm surrounded by them. Team up. Team up. Come on, church. Team up. Team up, team up, team up, team up, team up. We got to break these walls. We're too, we're too alone. We're too, we, we go into church like this. Then we go to work, then we go to work like this. And then we, we look up 10 years, 15 years later and our lives are the same. Because you never, you never teamed up team up team up team up team up team up does this make sense yes. I, I want it to make sense we're, we're not this is real deep stuff actually the second thing I want to encourage you with is team up with people who pursue the ve- the best version of themselves team up with people who pursue the best version of themselves first chronicles 12 1 2 says this these are, this is like a description of the kind of men that these guys were. Mm, the best version of themselves. The Bible says that the world awaits to see the sons and the daughters of God manifest. So the world is waiting for the best version of you because you are the solution to a lot of problems in the world. And so you got to team up with people who are pursuing the best version of themselves. But watch the qualifications of these men. First Chronicles 12, 1 through 2. The following men joined David at Ziglag. These are the same men led by Amasai while he was hiding from Saul, son of Kish, the the king. They were among the warriors who fought beside David in battle. Uh, These are some other men. All of them were expert archers. They could shoot arrows or sling shots with their left hand as well as their right. Um, Some 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 historians say that 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 sling, it wasn't the things that we know it it was. it's like a, when, they, when they let it go, it's like a 48 caliber. It could go through your brain uh, hundreds of feet away. Like they were experts in the slingshot. They were all relatives of Saul from the tribe of Benjamin. Some of these guys left Saul because they knew that he was so dysfunctional. That a preach. They left Saul because they knew how dysfunctional he was. So they positioned themselves. First Chronicle 12, 8 says this, some brave and experienced warriors from the tribe of Gad also defected to David. So God is just sending all kinds of people while he was at the stronghold in the wilderness. Here it is. They were expert with both shield and spear, as fierce as lions and as swift as deer on the mountains. David was a bad boy. But these are some bad boys. All right, verse 14, these warriors from Gad were army commanders. Watch this, watch this, watch this. The weakest among them could take on a 100 regular troops. The strongest could take on a 1,000. You got to team up with people who are pursuing the best version 
of themselves. The best version, not the, not the associate version, not the entry level version, not the high school version, not the GED version, not the bachelor's version, not the master's version, the PhD version of themselves. And I'm talking in, in, in analogy. I'm not strictly talking in education. I'm talking about people who are like, I got to grow. I have to be the best. I have to grow in my faith. I have to grow in Jesus. These guys have been pursuing the best versions of themselves. And these are the people who God wanted David to be surrounded by. Top-notch people. My best friend, Kevin McKenzie, uh, he was born uh, in, the, in the hard streets of Brooklyn, New York, to a mother of the age of 15 years old. And, um, man, his story is crazy. His dad didn't come into his life until his mid-20s. But um, he moved to, to Florida in his middle school years, and <laughs> he was always a 4.0 student. And so... The thing I loved about Kevin the most is that, like, anytime you get around him, even today, even though he's crazy, anytime you get around him, you just, if, if you're like this in your soul and in your heart and in your mind, just boss up. Because there's something about how he carries himself, how he focuses, how he, how he used to study. I was a real lazy high school student. Kevin would stay up like he wanted something. Like he was after something he didn't have, and he wanted it, and he knew God promised it to him. And so I would get around Kevin, and it would rub off of me, rub off on me. I'd go to his room sometime, and when we were in college, I'll kind of peek my hand in the door. He's studying. I'm preparing for bed. It's 11 p.m. He's up, killing it. And I'm like, you all right? Yeah, I'm good. All right, I'm going to bed. Go back in my room. Sit at my desk, click. As long as he up, I'm up. It was his grind. And then he was the one that, that God used to lead me to Jesus. For, for two months, I'll tell him, man, I don't want to go to Bible study. I was raised in church. Yeah. I finally said yes. Gave my heart to Jesus. And that grind that he had in the secular, in the success that he attained, the scholarships and and, and the accolades and all those things he obtained, it, 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 didn't, it didn't, you know, it didn't disappear. When he, when he came over to Jesus, he brought that same grind. He brought that same love. He brought that same concentration. And, and as a result, like today, like he's, he's, he's a leader in a youth ministry in Boston of like hundreds of kids. And it's because of that grind. And so anytime I go to his Facebook or I give him a call or I check up on him and I see what he's doing, he's like, yeah, I'm going here. I got to travel here. I'm doing this. We just had another kid. My marriage is going great. Everything isn't perfect. But the blessing of God and the hand of God is on his life because he always grinded and he always pursued the best version of himself. And when I got connected with him, there was something that activated me and I pursued the best version of myself. You got to... You got to connect with people who aren't just. Hmm. 
Oh, man, I got to go to work. Oh, man, I got to go to church. What, did, what do you want out of life? Yeah. Experts and the weakest could lead hundreds. The strongest could lead thousands. The best version of themselves. We, we, we cheapen our potential. And when we cheapen and, and, and settle, we, 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 we exhaust and, and we, we empty out what the future could be. And, and when we cheapen ourselves by, by connecting ourselves with certain people who don't want anything, who aren't after anything, who aren't willing to take steps of faith, who aren't willing to challenge the status quo of the generations in our family, we don't go anywhere. We just stay, and we stay unfulfilled, and we lack. We may make good money, but we know that there's more out there for us. And so what you need to do is you need to pursue and get connected and team up with people who are pursuing the best versions of themselves. What are you doing? I'm going to the gym. What are you doing? I'm changing my diet. What are you doing? I'm reading the Bible. What are you doing? I'm praying. What are you doing? I'll see you at church. What are you doing? I'll see you at flourishing. What are you doing? I'm serving at outreach. What are you doing? I'm going to light group. What are you doing? I'm in school. What are you doing? I'm getting out of debt. What are you doing? I'm getting my credit right. What are you doing? What are you doing? Well, you know, last year there was this many people on my team. But because I poured into them Monday through Saturday, not just on Sunday, because I called them and I prayed for them and I sat down and talked with them. Now God has entrusted me with 10 people. Two years later, now God's trusted me with 500 people. What do you want? The best version of yourself. I just tell you, the church is woo, wide open opportunity around here. This is Jesus' kingdom to impact people and to grow and to take that gift and that wisdom that's on the inside of you and pour it into people who want to be the best version of themselves. This is my heart for you, superheroes and those who are praying about becoming superheroes. What we do here at this church is not purely task-based. It is a wide-open opportunity for you to pour out everything you know and everything you have and to other people who want to grow just like you. And I promise you, I dedicate my life to growing you, to stretching you, to pushing you, and to challenging you. You got to team up with people who are pursuing the best version of themselves. Someone come close me out. Just real quick, team up with high caliber people. Hard workers. This is an extremely practical message. Hopefully it adds value to your life. Team up with those who have accomplished greatness or they're on their way. You have not reached the pinnacle of your greatness. You haven't reached it. Team up with high character people, kind, and they do what's right. Husbands with husbands, wives with wives, students with students. Team up with big faith people who believe that anything is possible when they walk with Christ. That's who you need to team up with. Team up with people who love Jesus. People who read the scripture, who serve their local church. People who pray. Team up. 
Team up with people who are pursuing the best version of themselves and watch the best version of yourself manifest. My final point is this. Team up with people who won't let you settle for less than God's best. We got to get out of here, but I love it because I have a lot of people that I'm connected to, but my most important connection second to Jesus is my wife. And uh, on day 21 of our fast, I know we preach it during every day of the fast. Get your fasting journal, write your prayers. This year, we didn't do it until day 21. And we sat down for two hours. My wife and I, we prayed, we wrote vision, and we spoke vision over our family for the next three years. And it's lofty vision. It's high stuff that makes absolutely no sense. But you have to team up with people who shoot for things that make absolutely no sense. And I tell, her, or I tell my wife this all the time. Me and you, same team, same name. And I don't care who tries to stop us, what comes against us. We're going to win the championship. Team up with people who won't let you settle for less than God's best. Let's give the word of God a hand clap. With every head bowed, let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, we love you and we honor you, God. And uh, we just thank you, Lord. God, if there is anyone in here who does not know your saving grace and your love, God, I pray that you would begin to touch hearts. I thank you for dying on the cross for our sin, Lord. And for those of you who don't know Christ as Savior, I want to let you know that God loves you, and he sent his son to die on a cross for your sins. You are loved, you are forgiven. And he has a great plan for your life. If you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I want to give you this opportunity today. Just on the count of three, if you would raise your hand, you're saying, Jesus, I'm coming to you, and I make you my Savior. Or if you are far from God, and you're coming back to him, just raise your hand on the count of three. We want to support you and pray with you as a church. Just raise a hand. One you're coming to Christ, two, three. Let's raise that hand. Praise the Lord. Father, we love you. We give you honor and praise. We thank you, Jesus. You're so good. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Love you, church.